Hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everyone's having an absolutely blessed day today. A lot of stuff going on, as always. And, of course, I was on the Hagman Show last Friday. If you guys heard that, it was a really intense show. And we had the HR5 coupon code activated for 5% off all regular price products. And so I encourage everybody, if you want to get anything right now, definitely is the time to grab some products. And as I told you all Friday, the excellent C, our original vitamin C formula, is back in stock. And you guys voted on it. And it won product of the week, so it's 10% off on the front page of the website. That will be going on until uh, for the next two days. So be sure to check that out. And uh, how are you doing today, Dan? Awesome. Doing absolutely wonderful as the uh, mask saga continues here in Central Florida. You know, we're now having our local township with like 10,000 people, a little bitty town we live in, basically apparently meeting today to find out if they're going to institute masks in our little bitty town. Like that's going to make a big difference. And in Kentucky, a couple has now been fit with ankle monitors placed on house arrest for refusing to sign quarantine documents. Uh, I'm going to repeat this. A Kentucky couple was fitted with ankle monitors in place on house arrest after the wife tested positive for coronavirus, but refused to sign self-quarantine documents, according to reports. Elizabeth Linscott says she got tested for COVID-19 as a precaution because she was planning to visit her parents in Michigan. She received a positive test but showed no symptoms. She said the Hardin County Health Department asked her to sign documents. Remember, you don't have to sign anything. Agreeing to call them at any time she left the house. The young mother claims that she never refused to self-quarantine but said she would not sign the documents because of how they were worded you know i mean here we are guys are shackles next are we going to have shackles put on us i'm I'm asking the question to you guys my listeners here are we going to have shackles put on people who refuse to wear a mask or refuse self-quarantine or who refuse to basically comply with this new world order mandate to try to bring in a luciferian one world dictatorship and making us have submission now, let me ask you guys a question here real quick. How do you know that the planetary rulers, whatever they are, whatever type of entities they are, considering that it tells us that the Bible tells us that our war is not against flesh and blood, how do you know the planetary rulers are not using this as a giant beta test to see how many unbelievably stupid human beings wear a mask to see if it's time for them to come in and basically unleash hell on the earth with the Antichrist? Oh, yeah. How do you know that? How do we all know that this isn't a giant beta test to see how many sheep will strap on a mask? On Saturday, we went to a place called Greenwise in Lakeland. It's like a Whole Foods made, owned by a local a grocery store called Publix, which is a huge, huge conglomerate. They've got like thousands of stores all over the southeast. And Sharon was walking in. Now, Greenwise is in the county. So there is no county mask ordinance in Polk County where we live. So you don't have to wear a mask inside if you're in the county. So we walk. We always like to shop there because it's a county store. And we walk in, and Sharon basically is over there getting some produce, and some lady walks up to her with a mask on, another feminazi, and says, why aren't you wearing a mask? And Sharon looked at her. She goes, because we're in the county. She says, no, we're not. We're in the city. And Sharon goes, "Uh, no, we're not. And Sharon walks away from her. And, of course, the feminazi, I guess you would – I hate using the word Karen because I've got a really good friend of mine who listens to the show. Her name is Karen, and she's not like this. But I guess a lot of people call women now who are feminazis Karens. But, like I said, I don't like doing that because of my friend who listens to the show. 
But what was interesting, excluding her, let's use the term Karen, but this feminazi, you know, it was one of those things. Then all of a sudden, the feminazi runs over to one of the store managers and starts just chewing out the store manager about Cher not wearing a mask. And I'm like, whoa. And the guy tells her, I hear her say to him, we're in the county. There is no mask ordinance here. So the feminazi says, rah! She could tell she just like, didn't know what to do because she couldn't enforce herself. This is the same kind of feminazi. Listen to me, friends, who years ago when Austin and I in Atlanta and my four children in Atlanta and Austin before his kids were born told us that we had to be thrown out of the park because we had laughed on the ride soaring at Epcot. I kid you not. I've told you that story in depth. In fact, the police were dispatched and they tried, the feminazi lied about Austin and tried to have him arrested. I'm not even making this stuff up. For some reason, and I hate to say this, and it's every once in a while a guy will be a you know a you know a feminazi too. They get like a thing in their head that they have to force their will on everybody. And if they can't, a lot of times they go berserk, including falling on the floor, kicking and screaming, which I have personally seen, which I never thought that I would, but I did. But it wasn't in the ground; it was actually out in the rain and the mud. But I won't go there. I've told you that story before. And for those of you who haven't heard that story, trust me, listen to the show for a few more years. I'll bring it up again one other time. But what happened is this. So I so the so the feminazi decides to follow the aisle, and I'm standing over there with Savannah, and I ask her. I said, she walked by me, and I said, you know, why do you think you could tell people what to do? You know, we're in the county, and she kind of looked at me, and I said, you know, look, I said, you really need to mind your own business. I said, you got to stop this. And Savannah looked at her and said, is your name Karen? And I thought, whoa. You know, here's my 17 year old, you know, actually getting involved in this, asking her if her name was Karen. And the woman, of course, now because she'd been defanged because the store was in the county and she couldn't impose her will on us, uh, basically just walked off. And I thought, wow, what's up with this? Well, then yesterday, that was Saturday. So yesterday we're back over there again, shopping there because it's the county. And I walk in and I sat down with Sharon and we had a, I believe I had a Chipotle bowl. No, I didn't. I'll I'll be honest with you guys. I had a... had a rough morning, and uh, I had gotten stressed out a little bit, and I ate a chocolate chip cookie. Organic, mind you, cooked with real butter. And I was sitting there having a cookie. And uh, you guys, I can't believe you ate a cookie. Well, yeah, I had a brownie last week, too, so just, you know, we have to all deal with that together. And, and so so, so the reality is, so so we're leaving, and I don't have a mask on, and some woman starts it on me, because I don't have a mask. And her husband was with her. And he's all strapped up with like an N95 mask. He's about blue, suffocating, trying to breathe. And I could hear him mumble under his breath. She had her husband with her. and He was he was, he was brought to heel. I mean, I, I would have assumed that, you know, in a metaphorical way, he had been put on a choke chain and he was brought to heel and he was walking behind her like a good little, well, you know what I'm going to say. It, it's a bad word. I'm not going to use it. He was walking behind her like a good little and she basically says to me, oh, where's your mask? And I looked at her and I said, I choose not to wear a mask. How about we're in the county? How about I'm not going to wear a mask? Now, her husband's listening. And you know what? The husband mumbles through his N95 mask. It's about to pass out and says to me, good for you. I'm happy you're not wearing a mask. And she looked at him like, oh, my God, are you going to get it when we get to the car? <laughs> oh, it was one of those looks. It's like, I'm going to show you that you're the bee here, and I'm going to let you know in advance while I drive the car and scream at you on the way home. And I looked at her, and I said, let me ask you a question. I said, I don't believe him. How do you know I don't have a medical condition? How do you know that this is none of your business? I said, why can't you just be quiet? 
You know, why do you have to act like this? He says, it's for the greater good. I said, no, it's not. They don't work. I said, it's not for the greater good. None of this is okay. And I will not be subjected to the new world order. No. She looked at me like with a blank look on her face. And all of a sudden, her husband's thinking to himself, wow, I like this guy. He's not going to let the feminazi, which was his wife, tell me what to do. Guys, I don't understand this. But now we have Kentucky fitting people with ankle monitors placed on house arrest for refusing to sign quarantine documents. We've all got to say this. Now listen to me. I wasn't mean to these people. I wasn't yelling at them. But I was very direct with them. If we don't do this to the Nazis, the feminazis, and to the, and to the guys. I have not yet had a guy say to me one thing about wearing a mask. Not one thing. If we don't say something to the feminazis or the guys, if they're going to say something about this, like I choose not to do this as my right, whatever, it's going to get much worse. Because this is how they program the snitches in East Germany with the Stasi yep. police. This is exactly what they did. If you allow these people to become empowered, here's the both two women telling us what to do, telling me what to do, telling Sharon what to do. Who in the blankety-blank do these people think they are? Are they the, are they the Nazis? Are they the mask enforcers? Do they not read the research? Do they not realize that the N95 mask has been proven clinically not to stop viral transmission? And that cloth masks are actually more dangerous for you than wearing no mask at all? If you guys want to know how to stop what's left of coronavirus, and it's not much left of it, and if you want to know how to stop the flu, and if you really want to know how to stop the cold, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice here. Wash your hands. And you guys already know this. I've I've explained that to you from a biochemical standpoint for years. Wash your hands every time you use the bathroom. Don't touch the knobs, the faucets, the toilet handles, or the handle to get out of the door. Use paper towels. When you sneeze, take your shirt, pull it over your nose, and sneeze into your shirt. There you go. I've just cured coronavirus. Imagine that. And, of course, take your vitamins, D, your D3, swab your nose out with colloidal silver a couple times a day. Take your potassium iodide, take you know your supplements, and you don't get you don't get sick. You just stay healthy all the time because your body's was created by God to be that way. What your body's not created to do is to breathe recycled air over and over again. People say, "Well, I have to wear the mask in my car." Why do you have to wear the mask in your car? Are you really that stupid? Are you afraid you're going to give yourself coronavirus? You're the only person in the car. What is wrong with you? Think through this see the lady coming to the doggone Sam's Club to pump fuel. She's got doggone dishwasher gloves up to her elbows. She's wearing a, basically a hazmat suit with a hairnet with a full face mask with goggles on. Like she's in a doggone Ebola quarantine zone pumping gas. And I said, do you feel safe? And she goes, well, yeah. She goes, this is a horrible epidemic. And I said, no, it's not. I said, I don't know what the heck you're doing. It's ridiculous. Look at you. This is the problem we have, guys. And if she wants to run around looking like Darth Vader, I just last night I made a reservation at a hotel because I've got a, another national TV shoot tomorrow, and I was going to go and spend the night over at the area where they have the hotel. And uh, I told him, I said, uh, do we have to give blood when we come to the hotel? He said, what do you mean? I said, do we have to give blood? Do we have to give a DNA test? Uh, are we, we going to be subjected to some type of feminazi mask thing? I said, should I wear, and I said this, guys, ask Sharon. I said, should I wear a Darth Vader costume and breathe through a respirator as I walk in as Darth Vader and say, Luke, I am your father. I'm wearing a mask. Do I need to do that when I walk into the Sheraton Hotel? Do I need to do that? The guy goes, whoa. He started laughing. And I said, do you realize 
That's how stupid this is. He goes, well, we do have the police and the sheriff's department. It's on patrol at the hotel. Yes, my friends, they told me that. Wow. And they said, but but we're they're really not bothering guests. They're just patrolling the beaches. And I'm like, what the heck is going on in our country? So here we are. Snitches. Feminazis. And now they're getting bolder and bolder and bolder. These are the Gladys Kravitzes of the world. Remember that movie, Bewitched, that TV show, Bewitched? They had that, you know, Samantha Stevens had a neighbor called Gladys Kravitz, and her, her husband's name was Abner, Abner, you know? Abner, look what they're doing now. He's like, oh, God, stop it. So we've got a Gladys Kravitz who lives two doors over from my house. Every time you turn around, there they are again. He's driving around. Oh, my gosh. Look at what they're doing. They're cutting their hedges. I mean, crazy stuff. I've gone through with neighbors that are Gladys Kravitzes. And now we have an entire country of Gladys Kravitz feminazis telling us what to do. Oh, my gosh. May God have mercy on this country. May we repent and turn back to his ways. What do you think, Oz? That's well said. And one thing I want to address here with what happened in Kentucky, because this is a huge, this is going to be a huge legal debate here with what's going on. This is actually way more, way, way more important than most people are realizing. This ankle bracelet strapping in Kentucky. Not only is this grossly troubling as far as from a constitutional standpoint, the fact that they're saying because you tested positive for a virus, no symptoms, could be a false positive, as we've already seen numerous times reported, that they now have the right to ankle monitor you like a felon in your own home because you refuse to sign documents. As Dad said, I learned this a long time ago from a legal standpoint, nobody Nobody has a lawful right to force your signature on anything. This is why in most states they've removed the signature requirement when you get a traffic citation. Down here in Florida, they don't do that anymore. It's basically the officer's signature stating under oath that they handed you the ticket and you received it. Because there's been numerous altercations and arrests that escalated when an officer comes to your window with a ticket and says you have to sign this. You say, no, I'm not signing it. They say, well, you're not admitting guilt. You're just signing that you received it. No, I'm not going to sign this. And there's been people that have been arrested numerous times. And there's a lot of states now that have removed this. Now, some states still have it. And it's always been up for a constitutional debate on whether or not you have to put your signature on something. Because here's the thing, guys. If they reach a point where they're saying, if you don't sign these papers stating you will quarantine, I didn't see the papers. And she blatantly said, we're going to quarantine. I just don't agree with the verbiage. If somebody comes up to you with a stack of 15, 20 pages of papers and you tested positive, you have to sign this now. And you're reading through it. And I can pretty much guarantee you from what I have heard and what I have been told, the papers that are now coming about on this are unbelievably invasive. It's not just, oh, I'm stating I will stay at home for 14 days. It's not that. It basically goes into detail on how they can monitor you, how they can track you, how if you go anywhere, you have to get their permission before you leave the house. It's very invasive. So I don't blame her at all for not signing this. And the fact that they actually felt from a court standpoint they had the right to come in with a warrant, an ankle bracelet, ankle monitor them, because they have a virus with a 99.7% survival rate is grossly troubling. So I really hope a very, very hardcore constitutional lawyer picks this up. And you get an attorney in here that absolutely fights this because this is one of those cases right here that can set an unbelievably dangerous precedent in the future. How do we know the next time they're not going to start finding people with masks 
and say, you're not wearing a mask, you have to sign this paper now if you're not wearing a mask, and you have to quarantine for not wearing a mask. You go, dude, I'm not quarantining, I'm not going to do anything. We've already seen what this virus has done now. We already know how to keep everybody healthy. We've already seen the controlled test studies that the doctors have put out showing that intravenous vitamin C has a 100% survival rate in people that have COVID-19. Why is this even an argument anymore? We already know how to fix it. But that's not the case. Now you have Delta. Remember I told you guys I have a medical waiver that I got. Um, I've encouraged everybody to get one as best you can. A lot of times local doctors, doctors that are more awake. But the problem is now what's happening is these doctors that have written them are starting to get a ton of blowback because people are starting to get medical waivers because they're saying, no, I'm not going to do it. And you legitimately can get one. I don't want to reduce my oxygen levels. I've had pericarditis when I was younger. I'm not going to wear a mask and recirculate my own air and not get adequate oxygen and while I'm walking around in 105 degree weather, mind you, right now in Florida with the heat index. It's 105 down here yesterday. And they want you to walk around with a mask on when you go places. That's unbelievably dangerous. So now Delta Airlines has announced they will have new invasive health screenings for any passengers that cannot wear a mask due to a health concern. Delta Airlines said they will require medical screenings for all passengers who cannot wear face masks due to health reasons. It adds another layer of protection, they say, for passengers who are already mostly required to wear masks on flights during boarding and in Delta waiting areas. If you don't comply, you are banned from future flights. It's done now. You are banned from future Delta flights if you do not wear a mask. Now, does that sound oddly familiar to China last year? Oh, we've banned 17 million people from flying because their social credit score. Well, wait a minute. What's involved in a social credit score? Compliance with the state? saying good things about the state online, making sure you do everything you're required to do. Those are all things that are in the social credit score algorithm. So now you don't wear a mask, even though, as we've said, and I've showed you the research and I've talked about it, and I've encouraged you to go look it up, that masks do not stop the spread of the virus whatsoever. And wearing a mask improperly, which 99% of people do that I have seen, I've told you guys before, the only way to make a regular cloth mask even work as far as the droplet standpoint and to keep yourself sanitized and healthy at the same time is to only wear it in a controlled setting with gloves and a brand new mask on, brand new every single time in a controlled setting such as your vehicle that's completely sanitized. You go in the store. Do your transaction. Do not touch your face or your mask at all at any point. When you get done purchasing your products, you dispose of the gloves and the mask in a biohazard containment trash. You then have to sanitize all of the items you bought before getting in your vehicle and repeat as necessary every single time you get out of your vehicle to go into a store. That is it. That is the only way there's even a remnant of positive effect, and that is only the aspect of catching a droplet or two from your breath when you breathe. That's it. And now the thing that I don't understand is if you're out in public, like that said, don't cough and hack wildly into the air. Put your face into your elbow or put your face into your shirt. If you have to cough or you have to sneeze and you take your shirt and put it over your face when you sneeze and then you take your shirt back down, you are doing the exact same thing the cloth mask is designed to do except you don't have to wear the cloth mask around while you breathe. 
That's it. That's the that's that's the kicker right there. Proper hygiene, not coughing wildly into the air. So Delta is now saying that they will encourage customers who are preventing wearing a mask due to health conditions to reconsider all travel. Reconsider all travel, meaning if you have a health condition, do not travel if you can't wear a mask. But if you must travel, a virtual consultant will be conducted over the phone privately by a STAT-MD, which provides in-flight emergency consultation as well as fitness-to-ground flying screening. Delta said passengers who do not comply with masks or other safety requirements or virtual consultation will risk future private privileges with data. Delta CEO Ed Baston said in a memo to employees last month, the airline has already banned passengers from future travel on Delta for refusing to wear a mask on board. So if you guys don't see the handwriting on the wall, ankle monitors in Kentucky for people for refusing to put their signature on unjust documents, people now being banned on Delta flights for refusing to wear a mask. And if you can't wear a mask due to health consideration, they're going to make it so obnoxious, so difficult, so aggressive and invasive to even fly. Most people are going to say, I'm not even going to deal with that because people are getting health, health you know, exemptions on this. And they know that, and they do not want people to get those. So understand what's really happening right now. And that's why I really hammered it on Friday with the Doug show. And I said, listen, I said, this right now with the mask is like being a thousand meters out from an engagement. It's a thousand meters out. You see it. You can handle it pretty easily. You cannot wear a mask. You can stand your ground on this. I said, it's only going to get closer the less we resist. And I said, the vaccines. That's like five feet away from you. They're on top of you with bayonets in your hand-to-hand. There is no more easy engagement anymore. You're going to have to physically stop it. What we do right now is going to determine what happens in the next couple of months. And then on top of this now, we see, I mean, it's, it's, it's an arms race. That's what it's turned into now with these vaccines. It's an arms race. There's so much money being pumped into the pharmaceutical world right now. Every single company is turning into a vaccine company or trying to acquire factions of companies. GlaxoSmithKline, the giant global pharmaceutical, has now announced today it is taking a 10% stake in German biotech CureVac as the arms race for vaccine continues. It's poured on a market watch. As part of the deal, valued at $1.0 billion, GlaxoSmithKline will have a nearly 10% stake in CureVac, which counts as the German government as a minority owner. So GlaxoSmithKline will be a minority owner in CureVac. GlaxoSmithKline and CureVac reach an agreement for the research, development, manufacturing, and commercialization up to five RNA-based vaccines. Now, the U.K. government has now said today they have secured early access to at least 90 million vaccine doses of COVID-19 vaccines being developed by a partnership between Germany's biotech and U.S. drug maker Pfizer. The business ministry said it signed an agreement with Pfizer for 30 million doses, delivering an additional 10 million doses by the end, excuse me, by the start of the fourth quarter of 2020. That's like right now. That's starting in two months. Delivery of an initial 10 million doses is expected on top of that, with a further 20 million doses to be delivered by 2021. The government said they agreed to a deal with Vavlina as well for 60 million doses. Okay, this is getting pretty odd here. We now have governments 
that are entering contractual obligation deals with vaccine manufacturers for hundreds of millions of dollars for RNA vaccines that I'm going to reiterate are not even classified safe yet by the FDA or any governing body. These vaccines have not been classified as safe or effective. Yet you now have GlaxoSmithKline in a billion-dollar deal. You now have the U.K. ministry partnering with Pfizer in a multi-million-dollar deal to acquire vaccines that have not even lifted off the ground into the safe realm yet, much less if they ever will be safe. I do not believe they will. They're an RNA-based. They're designed to actually slightly change part of your DNA. So here's what you have to ask yourself the question. We know Moderna, the first human trials of 15 individuals, they skipped ferret and they skipped primate research and went straight to human trials because Fauci gave them the green light. Three out of the 15 individuals in the Moderna test group, the first test group, had such bad side effects, they had to have medical intervention, I quote, That's 20%. That means in the United States, if every single person in this country got the current vaccine that Moderna is testing, you would clinically, from a research standpoint and number standpoint, you would have over a 60 million side effect adverse reaction rate that would need medical intervention. There is no way physically possible the United States medical industrial complex could even come close to touching that level of side effects with 60 million people. Physically impossible in one swath. They're talking about, oh, we've had 100,000 people in the whole country. We have to shut down everything. We've got we've to do this. Oh, it's reached 200,000 now. Everything's overwhelmed. I talk to doctors. I talk to nurses all over the country. I get emails from all over the place. They're not overwhelmed. Now I got a doctor out in Missouri that I talk to on a regular basis. He told me now that they are now saying that they basically have no just issued an order that they, Missouri has a policy now that anyone who refuses to be tested in a nursing home will automatically be treated as positive and filed as positive. I'm going to repeat that. I'm getting, he sent me the article today in Dropbox. i got to go through all that. I looked at part of it earlier. In Missouri now, if you are in a nursing home and you refuse to be tested, you will automatically be counted as COVID-19 and be treated as such. He also said, and I've heard this from numerous medical workers now, that they're having huge, huge swaths of people coming in that are having issues with gingivitis and facial skin infections along with eye infections now from massive usage of mask wearing. I've heard the same thing over in Lakeland. They're having huge cases of rashes and basically acne on people's faces now because people are reusing masks on a daily basis. So you're having all these skin disorders on people's faces that is now causing them to go into the hospital for reactions. And of course, as soon as you go into the hospital now, it doesn't matter what you go in for, they immediately test you for COVID-19 and put you in the system. Ironic, isn't it? So this is what we see happening now all over the country. And at the same time, you have this Stasi East Germany ideology, like Dad said, and some of these feminazis or these mass Nazis that really, truly feel the need to come and accost you in public and ridicule you for not wearing a mask when you do not have to wear one at all. These are city, basically, ordinances. These are not executive orders. These are basically city ordinances that we elected city commissioners to handle for us, and they have now 
completely and totally gone against us and red-coated. They have compromised the integrity of the rule of law in the United States via the Constitution, and I don't care what anybody says about the argument, well, you just need to wear a mask. It's not that big of a deal. Listen, nobody has the right to cause you bodily harm and force you to cause bodily harm to yourself. You can have all types of different arguments back and forth. There has never been a case that is stated that the government has the right to intentionally cause great bodily harm to you at self-infliction. Never, ever. So understand what's going on here. If the research is actually okay and they said, listen, you have to wear a mask, it works. We have clinical controlled studies that show this, randomized controlled studies that show these masks work. I would say, that's pretty interesting. There's none. They've gone back decades and looked at them, and they all say the same thing. They do not stop the spread of influenza viruses at all. So understand what they're saying, understand the agenda behind it, and wake up. We just had a couple in Kentucky get ankle monitored for refusing to put their name on paperwork document from the U.S. or the state government that they did not agree with. You do not have a requirement to put your signature on anything. Understand that. And the fact that they got ankle monitored for this drives me up the wall, and it really makes me wonder how far they're about to start willing to go to push this agenda if they're already taking it this next step. That's why I've told everybody. I, I, my, me personally, you do what you want. I'm not giving you any medical advice. I'm not getting tested. I already know I pretty much had this stuff months ago. I had the exact same symptoms everybody said. I hammered vitamin C, D3, and iodine. I was better in like three days. Dad and I think Dad and I caught it from the same place. And here's the thing. If it's so bad and it's this deadly virus, why do you have to get tested to even know you have it? That's the million-dollar question right there. If it's that bad, why do you have to get tested to even figure out if you have it? Understand what they're doing. Ask questions. Wake up and make a stand right now because we're a 1,000 meters out. It's not difficult to handle this right now. You just have to have a little bit of guts and speak your voice. Once they're five feet away, all rules are off, and it's direct engagement. It's no longer going to be easy for anybody in this country that wants to maintain a constitutional republic, Dad. You know, Austin, uh, you know, the thing in Kentucky is really draconian. I mean, years ago, I had a police officer come here because when my alarm went off in the house, and they were going to, this is 20 years ago, and they were going to fine me because, you know, my alarm went off and nobody was home. I was out of town. And he told me I had to sign the paper he was giving it to me. I said, I'm not going to sign nothing. He said, you can't make me sign it. I said, I'll take it. I don't have a problem with that. I said, but you're not going to make me sign it. I said, you can't come to my house and force me to sign papers. And he told me he's going to arrest me. And I said, I think you need to call your precinct captain. Precinct captain calls him. He starts screaming. I get him over the phone. The guy's screaming at this officer saying, what's wrong with you? You can't tell him that you're going to arrest him if he doesn't sign papers. You can't do that. You can't be forced to do that kind of stuff. It's self-incrimination. Whatever. You can't do it. It's giving evidence against yourself. Whatever you want to call it. You can't be forced to sign paperwork. I had another friend of mine years ago. He had an ex-employee who was a nightmare. And he basically dropped a dime on him and said he was abusing his children, which was not even true whatsoever. It was a complete lie. Department of Family Services shows up at the guy's house, demands that he signs all these papers. I mean, like a stack of 50 papers. The guy says, you know, why do I need to sign all this stuff? Well, you can have a do, do it the easy way or the hard way. You pick what you want. Here's the problem. Once you sign the paperwork, you're doing it the hard way. You hear me? Because you're admitting to all this crap, and you're allowing them to do all this investigation on you and talk to your neighbors and all the other stuff. My, my buddy immediately picked up his telephone, called up his doggone attorney. Attorney told the person from the Department of Family Services, because he'd already seen the kids, so they were all healthy, nothing was wrong with them, to get out of the guy's house. And the case was dropped. 
Hard way or the easy way. You start signing papers, guys. Let me tell you something. The judge doesn't care whether you knew what you were signing or not. The judge just asks you a simple question. Did you know? Did you sign this paperwork? And if your signature's on it, yes, yes. Don't sign papers unless you want to sign them and you've got an attorney present. Don't do that. That's why it's like it's kind of like pleading the fifth. Just don't do it. You don't sign. You don't sign paperwork because basically it's a confession or an agreement to abide by that. Ugh, let me started on that mess today. There's a really good article by Lou Rockwell, and it's called "The Clown Cars Are Fully Loaded and Dr. Fauci Is Leading the Parade." Now, I've got this posted on the website. When it comes to the top of a clown car, we'd say Dr. Fauci gets a limo version all to himself. Yesterday, he uttered the following incoherent babble, saying the recent surge in new cases is because the virus patrol didn't go far enough in throwing 50 million Americans out of work. We did not shut down entirely, quote-unquote, Fauci, the director of Institute says, of allergy and infectious diseases. We need to draw back a few yards and say, okay, we can't shut down forever. you got to shut down, but you got to gradually reopen. What? And he goes on to say, what does this pretentious old windbag think? That the blooming, buzzing mass of a $21 trillion economy can be calibrated up and down by the, by the week via some magical dimmer switch? Never become mine because he was then on to his preposterous comparison. Fauci also said he expects the public to compare the COVID-19 to the 1918 flu pandemic that killed 50 million people. Guys, this guy's a loon. And because of a law that was passed by Barack Obama because of who Fauci is and where he's appointed to, Trump can't fire him. He has, like, job seniority. He's got, like, you know, tenure. So it's a giant mess we have with what's happened with this stuff. And then what's really interesting, he goes in and he starts talking about Trump. And I really like what he says about Donald Trump. He goes, the truth be told is that the Trump lockdown folly ranks among the greatest blunders ever committed by a U.S. president. That's because even at this late date, nearly four months into the resulting economic disaster, there's no evidence that an asymptomatic asymptomatic person are transmitters of the disease and there's powerful statistical evidence that 95% of the population can cope with the disease and recover if they even if they do become infected and so he's basically saying that Donald Trump didn't do his job and that Donald Trump locked down the country based upon bad information but that that Donald Trump should not have done that it's the same thing I've been telling you guys since the beginning. I, I warned everyone back in January, February, what the economy was going to do. We sat here on this show, and I said, guys, it's going to get really, really, really bad. Number one, because of the supply chain disruptions out of China. Number two, because of draconian legislation that was being passed by the people in the United States as far as locking everybody down. And I warned and warned and warned that this was not going to be effective. It wasn't going to work. This thing was going to burn itself out once the vitamin D3 levels came back up because of sunshine, which that's what's happened. And you got to remember, once your D3 levels come up, your body's macrophages work. And if it sees the virus, it basically kills them. But without vitamin D3 from sunshine, if you're not taking a supplement, your body's immune system doesn't work like it's supposed to work. And it's so important to understand that. And so there was no one talking on national TV about taking vitamin D or vitamin C or taking potassium iodide or using colloidal silver swabs. Nobody talked about it. Why? Because... They didn't want to talk about it because, like Austin said earlier, the vaccine industrial complex, the medical industrial Rothschild complexes, who owns all this stuff, they're basically becoming more and more 
they're making billions of dollars. These guys, the Rothschild yeah. themselves are trillionaires. They're worth, they're actually quadrillionaires. They control, they own all the money in the world in circulation because it's a, it's a debt instrument. So this is what we see right now. We're seeing all of this crazy stuff happening at light speed, or how should I say, maybe warp speed. <laughs> there you go, Donald Trump. That's going to come back to haunt you. We see all of this stuff basically coming back to us at light speed as far as what they're doing and warp speed because of who these guys are. Guys, let me say something to you. You know, we've got a massive, you know, left-wing protocol right now going on against the government of the United States. Another article from Lou Rockwell says, Why the Marxists love Lincoln. And I posted this, and it goes into detail about how Lincoln and Karl Marx were friends. You know, I've told you guys this before, and this gives you the full information on that. It's posted at the Healthmasters website. You need to read it. You know, and so you really need to realize that Lincoln was a communist, period. That's why he didn't want to let the South go, because he was a socialist. He wanted to make sure that the South had to pay their fair share. Yeah, that's where we are right now. Another thing, too, Joe, uh, John Whitehead had a commentary that I posted today, and I don't like talking about it because you guys don't like hearing about it. I really don't like thinking about it, about the essence of evil. Sex with children has become big business in America. Now, children are being targeted and sold for sex in America every single day. Children, young girls, as young as nine years of age, actually it's younger than that, are being bought and sold for sex in America. The average age for the young woman being sold for sex is now 13 years old. Now, I'm going to say this, and now listen to me very carefully because you guys are absolutely brilliant, and I want you to put these pieces together. This is all part of the Jeffrey Epstein child sex Clinton trafficking network that's doing all of this stuff. They get so much more money for these kids because they sell them over and over and over again. It's not like they're selling, you know, a joint of marijuana or a hit of heroin. They sell these girls repeatedly. The average life expectancy of these kids are like seven years. They kill them when they get done with them. It's horrible what they do in many cases. Now, what they do, guys, is they abduct little children. And the foster care program in the United States, in many countries, I'm sorry, in many states and municipalities, is a pipeline into the sex slave rings. And these guys basically use these young girls, and they sell them for sex slavery. Now you think, well, how can it all be tied together with the Rothschilds? I'm glad you ask. Who was Jeffrey Epstein? Mossad. Kabbalist. Who's Jelaine Maxwell? Mossad. Kabbalist. What were they running? Oh, a, a child sex slave ring. Imagine that in which they brought people in from all over the country and politicians from all over the country and leaders from all over the world to come screw young girls. That's who these people are. Now, why would they do that? Well, because it's illegal to do that. And so they can bring them and snare them in and force them to do their political will. Plus, their teachings out of the Kabbalah tell them it's legal, it's okay to have sex with a three-year-old girl. All right, that's what these sickos believe. And sodomize a young boy up until about the age of nine. They all could also consider us, you know, the, just all of us who are not the nine D Nephilim, sons of the fallen Luciferian bloodline. They consider us to be basically cattle, sheep. They consider us to be just livestock. Okay, so to them, they don't care because they consider you to be a subhuman to sell your daughters or your wives into a sex slave ring. Look at the Nexium cult linked together with 
Claire Brothman, who's probably another Kabbalist. We know she's Jewish, and they that that they, they they practice from the Zohar, the Kabbalah. You know, Seagram's fortune Billy millionaire from the doggone liquor industry. All of these people were tied together with you know the sex slave trade they were doing with the girl basically who was playing Chloe from Smallville, Allison Mack. And all of these things were tied together. And when that started getting hot with Brothmans and Epstein, guess what? Last year, year and a half ago, everything went quiet on it. You know, the guy who was doing this has never yet been charged, never been put in jail. Neither has Allison Mack. They haven't been given their sentencing yet. I mean, how long is that going to take? What do they know and who do they know? This child sex slave trafficking is systemic. A lot of the people coming across the border, these young children from Mexico, a lot of the girls, are abducted. Every two minutes, a child is exploited into the sex industry in the United States. Adults purchase children for sex at least 2.5 million times a year in the United States, and that's what's listed. And basically, these are ordinary men from all walks of life. They could be your doctor, your nurse, your pastor, your spouse. All of these people do it. In Georgia alone, it is estimated, not all of them, but many of them do it. Not everybody does this. In Georgia alone, it's estimated 7,200 men, half of them in their 30s, seek to purchase sex with adolescents every single month. That's 300 a day. On average, a child might be raped by 6,000 men during a five-year period of servitude. It is estimated at least 100,000 children, girls, and boys are bought and sold in the U.S. for sex every single year. It's much higher than that. It's close to a million, by the way. Human trafficking, the commercial sexual exploitation of American children, women via the Internet, strip clubs, escort services, and street prostitution is on the way to becoming one of the, most, one of the worst crimes in the United States. This is some sick stuff. You know, we, it is estimated there are between 100... 250,000 underage sex child workers in the United States. Stop that. It's in the millions. And all of this stuff is happening right under our eyes. But nobody really wants to talk about it. I mean, it's, here's, here's Debbie, a straight-A student who belonged to a close-knit Air Force family in Phoenix. It's an example of the trading of the flesh. Debbie was 15 when she was snatched from her driveway by an acquaintance friend, forced into a car, she was bound and taken to an unknown location, held at gunpoint, and raped by multiple men. She was then crammed into a small dog kennel and forced to eat dog biscuits. Debbie's captors advertised her services on Craigslist. Are you listening to me? On Craigslist. Those who responded were often married with children, and the money that she earned for sex was given to her kidnappers. The gang raping continued. After searching the apartment where Debbie was held captive from a lead from Craigslist, police finally found Debbie stuffed in one of those big drawers that goes under a bed. Her harrowing ordeal lasted for 40 days. She was rescued. Guys, let me ask you about Debbie. Is she ever going to be right again? I'm, I'm telling you, right, no. Unless, unless, unless God comes into her life and she's filled and infused with the Holy Spirit and she understands what happened to her and how horrible it was and understands that that's not anything that God ever would have happened to her and she receives forgiveness, she won't be right. And chances are she's going to have to have deep, deep, deep psychological counseling for the rest of her life because of this. Stuck in a drawer under a bed? How bad would that suck? Unbelievable. And these kids, this is what's happening to them. I'm telling you, I'm going to say this again. I've, I've warned you guys. I'm, I, you guys are so brilliant. I, I love talking to you because you guys, I know this isn't you, but you got to tell your friends. you got to protect your children. You know, Austin's got two kids. He's got a two-year-old and a four-year-old. You know, when I stand guard over these kids, I'm there armed, pistol and, you know, in pocket. You know, I mean, basically like a put the pit dog on p patrol. 
pit bull on patrol. I mean, that's awesome. I sit there. I, I just I never take my eyes off the children. That's in my backyard. I don't do it. I, I, I've got careful. Gates are closed. Nobody can come and drive in the driveway. Everything's done. Security's on. Cameras everywhere. You've got to be so careful and tell your daughters, don't be going out to the mall by themselves. I told you this the other day. Don't be parking by vans. Don't let vans park by you. Be really, really careful, guys. This stuff is real. And it's a tragedy if it happens to you or your family. And my deepest condolences to any of the families that this has happened to. It's so important. And and just watch daughters. Protect them to the best of your ability. And your young guys. There's some really sick people out there who don't consider your children to be human. Just thought I'd mention that again. They really think that they're animals. And they can do whatever they want to do with them whenever they want to do it to them. Guys, this is the world that we live in. Remember what, remember what Adam said, John Quincy Adams, second president of the United States, said, uh, you know, our Constitution is for a, I'm paraphrasing, a religious group of people, Christians primarily, and for any other people, our Constitution is wholly inadequate. When we don't have the rule of law governed by God Almighty and a sense of right and wrong in a society, when the Kabbalists have taken over and run their Luciferian blood sports with these children, I mean, they actually have, you know, the Ninth Satanic Circle. Oh, by the way, that was the group that Nicole Kidman's father was involved with in Australia. He used to have sport and hunting sport of children in cages. Yeah, the, Nicole Kidman, you're right, and Tom Cruise's ex-wife. Yeah, why don't you just read up on that? I've talked about it on the show. I don't like talking about this stuff. It's disgusting to me. But guys, there's a lot of really weird people out there doing really weird stuff. And it's important to understand, the further we get away from Jesus Christ, the further our churches get away from teaching Christ crucified and the real gospel, the further we allow our media and Hollywood to subvert the culture by the trash TV and the trash movies. I told you guys, I had my cable TV turned off. It's off. Off. Done. I had it turned off years ago. You know, I stream stuff now if I want to watch it. That's it. You know, I used to think Nick Cannon, the guy who basically was on that TV show, you know, America's Got Talent. He's a black guy. He, I thought he was a pretty cool dude. He had great personality. Well, come and find out he's a hardcore racist. I mean, hardcore racist. He's talking about how much he hates white people and hates Jews and hates everybody. I mean, this guy's a hardcore racist. Now he's been fired and his shows have been canceled. You know, I always thought the guy was a pretty cool dude. I thought, well, he's really well-dressed. He's always really nice. He's always really funny. No. Now, you should read the filth that I have posted on the website that he has said. And now his life is basically over as far as media is concerned. And by the way, he apologized to the Jewish folks that he offended. But guess what? He never talked to apologize one thing to the white people that he offended. It's just unbelievable to me that these people are on TV, that they're influencing the culture of the United States and influencing our children and the direction and the thought of what we think in the United States and that they don't get called out. Finally, he basically self-sabotaged when he came out on his own podcast, started slamming everybody. Guys, it's so important. Listen to what your children listen to on radio. Listen to what they listen to on their podcast or their pod, whatever. Whatever they listen to with music, listen to it. Keep them away from rap. It's really important. They don't listen to rap. It's, oh, I like rap, rap. No, why don't you listen to the lyrics of rap? Well, you can have some Christian rap. You know, whatever. What does Christian rap do to kill kids who are Christians? It teaches them to listen to rap. Yeah, just just thought I'd mention that. Just don't have them listen to that stuff. Let them listen to the good stuff. Let them listen to praise and worship music. Let them listen to 
gosh, you know, songs that are uplifting and edifying. Sharon went to church yesterday with Savannah. I was busy doing something else, finding people over masks, I guess, at Greenwise. And what was interesting about all this is, it was funny. She said the music was so loud in the church, she could feel the bass beating through her like she was being hit with a ball bat. You know, don't go to churches like that and tell them to turn the stupid bass out if you're going to go to that church. You don't need to put your body through that type of frequency carnage. Our body's an energy field, and it doesn't need to have a giant bass drum beating through it where it's vibrating your rib cage. Think about that for a second. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. I had the opportunity to pray for you guys again this morning. You guys are absolutely wonderful. I love being your friend. I contact so many of you via Texas every weekend. And then so many guys, you contact me. Thank you for all of that. You really keep me on my toes, and you send me so many good letters. You know, I want to thank people like you know, like Karen and, and Carmen and, and Jean and Terrence and Brad and, and Chase and all you guys that send me so, so much. Charlie, all you guys who send me so much stuff all the time, Mark, because if it wasn't for you guys, you know, the, the, the show wouldn't be what it is today. And I want to thank you one more thing, too. Thank you for your support of Health Masters. Thank you that you get your multiple vitamins from us. That means the world to me. And thank you that you get your toothpaste from us and your deodorant from us, all these consumable items. You're going to buy it anyhow from someplace else. Thank you for supporting the show. I love you guys. Go ahead and finish it up, Austin. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. And also in other news, too, this is interesting. I've been, you know, I've watched the markets a lot with a lot of what's going on. And uh, another silver mine in Peru has basically halted operations due to this COVID. And the silver prices have just been trying everything they can to explode. They're almost at $20 an ounce right now as far as trade value, which is crazy. I told you guys the premiums, this is what tells you what's going on in the markets is completely and totally fabricated as far as they're manipulating the numbers. You can't find a silver eagle right now for less than $27, $28 an ounce, and that's, that's, that's a steal. I mean, we're talking almost $10 an ounce premiums on $20 silver. That's an insane margin I've never seen before as far as the markup on it. Why? Because can't get them. They're not making it. They're, the stuff that's coming in is getting bought up so fast. Anybody that has it already has it. So I just wanted to keep everybody aware of that and understand what's going on in the markets. Also, to another news, this is something interesting down here in Frostproof. This is something I want to kind of just encourage everybody. When I tell people to stay alert, stay awake, stay prepared, it's really important you do so. Down in Frostproof, about 30 minutes south of us, we had a three-person homicide massacre at a boat ramp on Friday night. This is, this is rough. And my buddy who's basically on SWAT, he's also an environmental. He basically, they responded down there and he saw the scene. And uh, it, was, it was brutal. And essentially what happened was they don't know the entire aspects. They haven't caught the individual or individuals, nor do they even have any leads on them right now. But they're trying to get the community to search for it. Frostproof's a very rural area down there. It's usually not a whole lot of crime at all. Apparently, a young man, like 25 years old, was launching his boat in Frostproof, and two of his buddies were on their way out there to meet him. And apparently, whatever happened was he was on launching in the boat ramp, and either a person or persons engaged him. And they don't know if this was related as far as they knew him before, but essentially they... They beat him to death and then shot him. And as they were in the process of doing that, though, his friends showed up and apparently had engagement with them immediately upon arriving before they could even draw the weapon out 
and they were shot and killed. One of the kids was able to get his hold of his dad, but his dad was not able to get out there in time to get him any medical help. He died. But they were all brutally beaten and shot. And the reason why I bring that up is not because it's something I like talking about because it's horrible right now. Especially the youngest kid, I think, was 22, 23. And so when you see stuff like that happen, and the one thing Carlton said, he said the most frustrating part about it was you could tell this wasn't some controlled issue. This wasn't something that, you know, they knew was going on. He said this looked like the first kid they knew him and the rest of them were just collateral damage. That's why I encourage everybody, keep a firearm with you if you can legally do so and know how to respond with it. Just because you go to a concealed carry class and then put a pistol in a holster and carry it around and feel like you're Rambo doesn't mean you're going to have any ability to engage with it. And I mean that sincerely. Practice, train with it. If you can, I highly, highly suggest getting some tactical training with some people that have much more knowledge than you do. I told you guys years, not years ago, months ago, I had the privilege to train with Pat McNamara, Tired Delta, and I've trained with a lot of different people all over the country, and he was a reservoir of information because he actually worked in Stasi, Germany, in East Germany as a spy in his later career in the military. And so, I mean, a lot of the tactics and stuff he has learned has been far beyond what I've ever been able to, you know, acquire from either other people. And so I encourage everybody, stay prepared and stay armed because stuff is getting very aggressive. People haven't noticed. People are becoming more and more hostile now in vehicles, in person, in stores. I mean, think about six months ago, if you would actually have, like Dad said, Two separate occasions in one weekend, somebody coming up to you and verbally accosting you for not wearing a mask in public. Think about that for a second. That's how brainwashed we have become in this society in a matter of months. In most cases, if you walked in the store with a mask, you would probably have law enforcement called on you a few months ago. And not only that, we have the legal ramifications of when you carry a firearm, you're technically not allowed to wear a mask, period, if you have a concealed carry permit. However, they are saying that the city ordinance supersedes that because for a medical greater good, essentially. Still, in my, my opinion, what would happen if you got in some type of engagement and you were wearing a mask and you were a legal concealed carrier? How does all that play out in a court of law? Now you were wearing a mask. Now you just charged a firearm. and you got in a fight. I mean, wait, how does it go? Are you going to be held to a higher accountability? Because you are wearing a mask while you're carrying a gun, even though somebody else may have done something or hit you or drawn something on you? I, I don't know. I don't know. What I'm saying is it's putting everybody in a very precarious situation. So I encourage everybody, stay alert when you go out. Stay awake. Make sure. I mean, I, I mean, I got her a little Glock. She always carries it with her. She carries it right on her, in her pants. I mean, in a little inside waistband holster when she goes out. So just have it. She's trained with it enough. I said, and even if you get something, you don't even have to be a just marksman. Just at least get a round off in the body cavity. That's it. Because most cases, that's going to stop somebody pretty much in their tracks. I mean, you take a 9mm out of the abdomen or the leg or the chest, you generally aren't going to try to push any further, especially if you've got hydroshocks. Wake up, understand what's going on. People are going to start pushing further and further and further until we push back. And in most cases now, the legal line is no longer blurred when these people are starting to come after you. Understand your rights, understand the law. Thank you again for supporting Health Masters. If you guys need anything, feel free to email us, call us, 1-800-726-1834. I am backed up on emails right now. I'm getting a plethora of emails recently again. I'm trying to stay on top of them the best I can. Thank you for your patience in that matter. If you have something immediate and you need to ask us questions, please give us a call. You'll get an immediate response at Health Masters. We have reps here, and I've prided myself on this, and so has Dad, for decades that answer the phone. 
We don't make you go through 50 prompts. We don't basically put you in and tell you to leave a voicemail and we'll call you back whenever we get to it. Now, if we're really busy, you may have to sit on hold for a few minutes, but you will absolutely always get a live person 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, Eastern Standard Time. So thank you for supporting Health Masters. Get this information out there. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Check out the product of the week. Lots of different specials going on right now on the website and continue to speak the truth. I cannot stress that any further. When you're out in public, stand your ground with certain things. And like that said, you don't have to be belligerent and rude and using profanity and yelling. That's not, you. we got to be higher than that. But you do have to stand your ground and speak your mind, especially, especially when situations like this right now and are being called for everybody to submit to full-blown tyranny. Not okay with me. Not acceptable to me. I encourage everybody, know your rights. Do the background of what you need to know and stand your ground. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.